So here we are. We're under the Yellow Plains, the iconic Yellow Plains mm. of Vault. It's providing some very much needed uh, shade yes. um, and respite actually from the blazing sun on this summer's day. So Vault uh, is by Ron Robinson Swan. He's a Sydney artist. It's commissioned by the city in the late 70s, installed at the city square in 1980. And this work was really, it caused a huge controversy when it was first installed. And there's lots of stories about what that process was. It was the largest contemporary modernist work that the city had commissioned. It was the very first modernist work that the city had ever commissioned. It had been commissioned uh, as part of a large capital works project. Mm. Denner Corker Marshall, who uh, were designing City Square, decided that they wanted a sculptural work that sat in the City Square. And after long, kind of, about a year of protests and arguments, it was hauled off down to Batman Park where it remained for a number of years. It had been kind of forgotten. And then a few years later, Juliana Engbert and probably a number of other people um, from the Arts Committee in Melbourne yep. campaigned for it to be relocated on this site in 2002. It, it's kind of fun. It's like an enigma because when we were talking the other day, you talked about how the reason why Ron had decided to paint it this yellow colour was out of response to the bluestone in Melbourne, which yeah. is interesting because Melbourne's also got a ton of basalt that was mined out of um, uh, up near Coburg. Um, but to me, like I'm looking at this little sliver triangle yeah. up in the top corner of the inside of vault here. And that completely azure blue sky up against this yellow is just an amazing kind of contrast of colour too. I actually think, I mean, I like his idea, but I think it talks to the sky much more than it does any other feature um, that surrounds it. I don't even know when I first saw this thing. It's just always been part of my consciousness, I think. I also understood that it was much maligned and hated, so it was unveiled in 1980 and I was born in 1983, so it, I wasn't even alive when everybody was debating it. There was no consciousness of awareness of me being involved in that. I think the first thing was is that I've always kind of felt a bit sorry for it. I don't understand why people don't like it. It's big, it's generous, it's a sunny yellow colour, it's beautiful, clean lines. It, if it could say a word, to me it's kind of always saying hi <laughs> to somebody. It's a wonderful kind of cheerful um, installation and it's got real character. It's got character. Um, and sort of in that narrative of it being unveiled in the city square and people going, oh my God, what would the queen think? Who cares what the queen thinks? It's, this isn't her land. <laughs> it's Bunrung and Wurundjeri land. It's, and then it being banished to Batman Park where it winds up dwelling with every other outcast in the city because that was also a place for a lot of taggers, where a lot of teenagers like me um, who didn't have much to do and were taking refuge in the city a lot walked through that place and it also sheltered people who were vulnerable. Homeless people slept in Vault. Um, it sheltered people from the rain. It was a place to go if you didn't know really what to do. So it spent two decades as an outcast protecting outcasts and that's quite a noble thing for, for a sculpture to do um, as well. So yeah, it's, it's the narrative, it's the form, it's the colour, it's how I've anthropomorphised it in my head. 
<laughs> on the flip side, and this is what's great about public art, you know, there's another way of looking at this. It's like, well, he was white, he was male, and it was a whole lot of, you know, it was kind of a patriarchal incursion into a site. Yeah. So I, I think that's what's really powerful about public art is that it can be read in multiple ways and thinking about how it sits on this site and what it represents. And it's kind of interesting. It has a completely different dialogue. And like you said about the bluestone, uh, Ron Robinson Swan was thinking about the site and the bluestone around it, but now it's moved to this site. It has a different relationship and sort of kind of dynamics that it's working with. I don't know if many people end up taking shelter here. Like we have taken shelter to a point to have a conversation, but what, what do you take? We've got a bit of tagging happening at the moment on the we do on, on vault. And I have seen lately a lot of, I mean, this kind of area that we're in right now next to Acker and also next to that lovely red stack that ventilates the Burnley Tunnel. I think we were saying the other day, it's really nice. It's moved down here. It now has a job. It looks after Acker and it also sits with the students and it's now got a red friend to talk to. But yeah, that kind of part of it, like I've seen people having wedding photos around this now. I've seen so many people advertise art projects within this particular sculpture and playing off of its angles. I think there was one called Game On recently where they used it as the hero image and it was people running through it. And it's not even drawing attention to the fact that it's Volge. It was just that the angles and the colour were really interesting. Um, and I find it so intriguing that something that was so maligned does pop up in our architecture throughout the city. The sculpture that we all call the cheese sticks over the freeway, that is the same colour as this and is in direct reference to this. Also Denny Corker Marshall. Ah, yes. So from my perspective, this such an important work is because it's made one singular moment that actually was kind of ground zero in terms of modernist intervention into public realm representing the city, but in the end it's become a representation and a symbol of the city. I mean, it's. I mean, if you go even go back to that occult theme that we were talking about beforehand, like all of the spiritual principles that I talked about, my whole entire idea of God is just creativity. Like we create God. It's all actually the power that we have within ourselves to manifest things. Um, the thing that we're sitting inside right now, but even the clothes that you're wearing, the car over there, the landscaping, the building, that was all in someone's head. And we worked together to manifest it. And same with Vault. And I love how Vault's kind of um, fulfilled this almost odd need to be this post-colonial, modernist Melbourne totem. It's, up, it's an archetype you invoke. Like abstractly, that yellow Lammy pen is a Lammy pen, but it's also a symbol for Vault. And you invoke Vault's spirit, which you've now associated so closely with Melbourne. Yep. Um, the architects, they keep on invoking it again and again and again. Yep. Once upon a time, we would have called them vault worshippers or a vault cult, <laughs> um, silently putting their symbols around the city to let people know that they're there. When we met with Sky Haldane, who is the manager of Sea Design, so works with Rob Adams, she and I did a walk down here talking about the red the renewal of South Bank Boulevard. Yeah. And what she had with her when we did our first conversation was she had the city map and it's a it's an online reference of all of the coordinates of all the public art. And at the moment it has Michelangelo David as a like a little tiny icon on the map. 
But she was like, whoa, whoa, we've got to change that. We've got to make our own icon and make it vault yeah. um, on the map so that then, you know, then it becomes quintessentially Melbourne. My personal yeah. favourite vault tribute of all time is um, when I was working, just doing a bit of a gig in stage management and props for the Moomba Parade a couple of years ago. And they actually had like a float, which was a group of young kids. And they each had one of these panels and they were marching along in the parade separating and then forming vault and then marching and dancing again and then vault had come back and it did that for two kilometers like just kept on being reinvoked and reformed by these children and i just went oh that number one we've all just learned something about the um simplicity in some ways of this this is like seven or eight panels that just kind of are arranged in a particular way that is incredibly aesthetically evocative and pleasing but yeah, it's got a sense of play about it and everybody can interact with Vault. Should we do that? Yeah, I think we should, yeah. We're gonna do something that Erica does when she goes past Vault. And for me, this is a great way of closing off this fourth and final public art field guide. So when we were walking here, some of you keen-eyed people might have noticed that I reached out and gave Vault a little pat before I came in and that was because I was busy but you know some days when I've got some time I'll just find a bit of vault and I'll just give it a big hug and just kind of thank it for everything that it's done because <laughs> it needs a hug it's still not cared and loved for enough um, so yeah I thought we might all like to do that ritual together do we want to find a bit of vault wrap your arms around it and just think about what it's been through this concludes our walk, exploring the role of memory and the development of personal relationships to place and its public artworks through the lens of a First Nations producer, curator and enabler. We've given Vault a hug and considered the importance of spaces that support informal connections and artistic experimentation and places that can be inscribed by ritual and alternative readings. Many thanks to Erica McCalman for her insights, M Pavilion for hosting the Public Art Field Guide. Sophie Gleason for audio production and RMIT School of Design for their technical support. <laughs>